Uh, let, let me just start off by thanking you guys for being a, a worshiping church. Man, uh, y'all make my job easy, and uh, I can hit the button over there and say, let's go, and y'all, ah, y'all ready. And let me tell you, that it's, it's good to be a part of a church that is alive. It's good to be a part of a church that is not dead, and they know how to worship, and, and we're still Pentecostal. I'm going to be Pentecostal until, until I get uh, to the end. Mixed in with a little charismatic, you know, every once in a while I like to see somebody run and, and you know, now, no, I better not say that. I'm going to get in trouble. See, that's what happens. When I get off of this right here, I get in trouble. Uh, but thank you for being here this morning. If I'm honest with you, and, and let me start off my disclaimer today. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I'm not going to, we have the, the, uh, you know, keep it up and keep it you know, kind of vague and, and, and sort of, don't be scared by that. But, but there's just, you know, I'm an honest, I, I don't know any other way to be than to just be kind of transparent. And I have this condition, my family will, they're aware of this, my face don't lie. And uh, y'all heard that? Yeah. I, it just, it, I wish it did. And because uh, I've gotten in so much trouble over the years, my teeth have almost gone missing so many times, y'all don't even know. Back when, back when they used to take your teeth out of your head, um, but my, my face doesn't lie, and this morning, I want my words to, to match my emotions. I have to start off this morning and just address the, the big elephant in the room that, you know, this week's been a tough week for me personally. It's been a tough week for you guys. Um, if you received the email, you know, Pastor John has stepped down, he resigned, and, um, you know, I want to kind of just take the next few couple of minutes and just address them personally because John Skipworth has been uh, oh man I beg the Lord don't let me cry he's going to watch this and send me an ugly text message John's been one of my best friends for 15 years he's, he's been the same to you guys it's, he can't help it it's just who he is and um this morning, I think about him. Think about Brooke. I know they'll be watching. Brooke's, Brooke's been constant. Y'all don't know this. Probably, oh man, it's been 15 years ago. Brooke used to sing with me. Y'all don't even know she could do that. Brooke would sing with me. We moved uh, Friday night at night to Sunday night at night. And then they made me start going. And uh, so she started singing with me. And uh, my Lord, she was probably 12 years old. And... Um, it's just a lot of history for me, for my family. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of friendship. It's a lot of moving. I followed this dude to Canada, and uh, it, it was cold. And it, then we came back. And uh, thank you guys for your vision. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you for getting us where we are today. I truly believe that it's more than a church that was started. It's a movement. It, it doesn't change with me today. It, it makes today a little more difficult, and I won't cry next week, but it, it makes it a little harder today. But at the same time, you know, I, I know whom I have believed in, and he is faithful. He's always faithful. We've done nothing but sing about it this morning. His, uh, his mercy doesn't stop. He doesn't run out of grace. Move. Uh, let's do this this morning because, they're, because I know they're watching. Would you guys mind standing up? Just real, we're going to pray for them. 
And I want them to see that over here on this side of the river, that there's a group of people that love them. I, I, I can't help it, man. I, I get flustered. I'm kind of, I'm this guy, you know, I kind of move real close to this. And then all of a sudden it's, and man, man, when I love, I love, it, it's hard for me to unlove. And, uh, and I'm not going to unlove, but I want you to know you're still here with me. And uh, this morning, let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for the skippers. Father, I thank you for Father, I thank you for the impact. I thank you for the difference in my life that John has made. Father, I thank you because John has believed in me when nobody else did. He's given me opportunity when people wouldn't. Father, this morning I pray for him. I pray for Brooke. I pray for those three little precious kids. Father, be with his family. Be with him, Lord. This is, it's been tough days. And Lord, I'm thankful today because I know the peace speaker. Father, I thank you because in my life, when I've looked at nothing but waves and nothing but turmoil, nothing but trouble, Father, there's, there's been a calm that has come. And Father, today we pray that the Holy Spirit, the great comforter, go and do what you do. Father, we speak healing right now. We speak restoration. Father, there's, I don't believe there's a person in this room that believes God's done with John Skipworth. And Father, though today is a test, today is a trial, today is a season, Father, we pray that you minister to them right now. Father, pray that they feel the love from this group of people, the love from the people in this community, this region. Father, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for their commitment to us. Father, be with them today. We pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You guys, you be seated this morning. You know, moving forward, and I'm a, we'll talk about this just a little bit, and then we're, we're going to get into to what I feel like the Lord has given me to speak to you today. Moving forward, because um, honestly, I've gotten 640 phone calls this week. So, uh, you know, the, the thing about this season is our online presence has gotten pretty impressive. And... Uh, we got some big numbers, so there's some people watching online. Uh, moving forward, the trustees asked that I just kind of step in and, and be the interim guy and, and help us get through this time, this season. And uh, we still have overseers. They're, they're the same three overseers that we started out with. Uh, I know many of you have heard that's not true, but I'm here to tell you it is true. Uh, our overseers are Pastor Don, Donald Gibson, uh, Pastor Ted Pagel, who you guys are probably real familiar with, and then Pastor Denny Duran, who uh, you're, I know you know. Pastor Don, Don, Pastor Don Gibson came maybe last year. He's only been here once, but, but we're still connected to them. Um, either I or the trustees have talked to Pastor Ted and Pastor Denny and uh, Pastor Don over the last week. So we're in communication with them. They're, they're going to help us just guide us through this time, through this period, through these waters. And um, we're still doing ministry, you know. Uh, we've got, Listen, we've got a great foundation, you know, the truth of it. And that's really a test of leadership when you have a, tra uh, a, a, a tradition of ministry. So, what, you know, uh, what we're going to do, we've got baptism next week. 
We got an ugly Christmas sweater. We've announced all that. I, I've even got mine. I don't normally wear ugly clothes, but I'm going to do it for you. <clears throat> it's hard for me, y'all. I'm going to tell you. But I, I got it next week. And I'm a, that sucker's battery operated, and I'm going to wear it all day long. Uh, we've got reach events coming up. The next one, I believe, will be in March. And, and we're going to start working on that next week because it's important to me. It's a thing the older I get to be consistent. And, and for me, Oaks Church is reach. It always has been. It started out that way. It's got to be that way. If we're not reaching out, then all ministry is, is, is inward. And that, that's, not, that's not what we're called to be. It's not what we're called to do. And that's just Christians in period. Uh, life groups, serve opportunities. Look, we, we could use some help with our van route. I told Aubrey I'd give him a shout out. And uh, I, am I right? <laughs> that's, that's some of our drivers back there. And, oh, man, we, we've got plenty of ministry, plenty of opportunities to do something that's bigger than ourselves, to give to something that's bigger than just us. And, uh, you know, the, the baton this morning has really been passed, but the dream is not over. And that's really what I, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. We're going to look at Genesis 37, uh, verse 5 through 11. And I'm going to read from the, from the NIV today. And uh, if you get there digitally or follow along with the screen, verse 5 says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more. I mean, it, it, we just hated him three scriptures in front of this. And that's important for us later. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. He said, listen, I had another dream. And this time there was a sun and a moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. And when he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now skip down to verse 19 and 20. It says, here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him, and then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Verse 19 is where I draw my title today. And here comes the dreamer. Let, let's just pray one more time. Father, Lord, you know it's important to me to, to share what's on my heart and to be able to convey what you're speaking to me. So, Father, anoint these words. Anoint me as I speak them. Be with us today. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Joseph is 17 years old, they tell us. And the Bible, as we just read at least twice, in a very short amount of scripture says they hated him all the more. So that tells me today that they hated him before he even told them about his dream. They would all bow before him. Nobody, now in Louisiana, I'll give you a little test here. When they all told y'all to wear COVID masks, how many of y'all wore that mask? How many of you didn't wear that mask? Okay, you see what I'm talking about? The, if it, so if, if Joseph comes to you and says, you guys are going to bow before me, if you're from the South, all the people that didn't wear COVID masks are saying, we're going to throw you in a pit because no, ain't no way we're going to bow before you. 
I can tell you in Rochester, if you didn't wear a mask, the community would rise up against you and take you to a faraway land and drop you off. Man, they don't play up there. A little, little different than down here. Um, maybe they hated him because he was his dad's favorite. Anybody have a sibling that can do no wrong? Did you grow up that way? Listen, let me just be real here. When I talk about my sister, when I preach, she always calls me and she tells me I tell it wrong. But this is true. I grew up nobody believing that I was Laurie Parker's brother. Most of the time, on the first or second day of school, they would look at me and say, you're Laurie's brother? And I'm like, mm-hmm. says, I don't, I, there's no way that you're Laurie Parker's brother. She's four years older than me. So they had a time of space to where they hadn't seen her in a while. Says, yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my sister. And, uh, and I heard a lot growing up, and honestly, I still hear it, that ah, we can't believe, she smiles a lot. And I don't. And uh, I'm smiling on the inside, kind of. Uh, but she smiles on the outside all the time. She's one of those that, uh, if you say, like, hey, uh, your car's on fire. I say, really? Wow. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not that guy. You have a flat tire. Oh, my. Oh, my. You know, one of those kind of siblings. Maybe you have one like that. Uh, Joseph had a different mom than his brothers. His mom was Rachel. Rachel's the pretty one. Remember Rachel and Leah? And uh, I'll tell you something funny. Kenley told me this morning my eyes were crooked. And I said, that's funny because uh, Leah's, Leah's eyes were crooked. You remember that the Bible tells you she's cross-eyed. And, uh, and, and that Kenley told me this morning, she said, your eyes are crooked. So I said, well, that works with my sermon today. I'll, I'll try to do better next time. And uh, Joseph was just different. He was, he was different. His dad gave him a pretty coat. We all know about that. Uh, he was his dad's favorite child. He was a dreamer. He was just different. Uh, do, me, do me a favor. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, you're different. Nah, hold up now. First off, not all of you did it. And second, y'all were nice about it. Just go ahead and tell him, you're different. Some of y'all, that's the first time you told the truth all week. <sighs> Listen, have you ever had a dream that really was just different. Maybe it's different than where you are now. My dream was to be a studio musician. I wanted to be, live in Nashville. I didn't, the touring thing doesn't attract me. I'm a homeboy, I don't like to be gone. But man, if I could be in a studio in Nashville somewhere just playing music, I mean, that's the life. I talked to Hayden about it. Hayden played guitar this morning. Uh, I've talked to him about it. Like, I'm, I'm still in mourning over it. You know, my, my time has obviously come and gone. But, but I'm like, man, we could move to Nashville. I'm sure they could use an old dude to do something. And it makes it worse, I got a friend that's in Nashville and he does this. And that's, that's all he does is play bass guitar for everybody that you've ever heard of. Reba McIntyre, um, all kinds of people. You know, my dreams have changed over the years. You know, uh, now I have this dream, and you know, y'all don't laugh at me, but I kind of want to be Chip and Joanna Gaines. You know, that's, now see, okay. I'm not going to mess with y'all. I'm not a contractor, but I'm, I'm not a carpenter. Like, I, I play the piano. So my dream, when I tell you it's a dream, it's like I dreamed I wish I knew what I was talking about. But I want to I show on HGTV. I don't know. I have a thing with HGTV. It's on at my house all the time. Uh, I dreamed of being a police officer. You know, when you're a kid, I think you're a kid, you want to be a police officer, you want to be a firefighter. Or you want to be a cowboy? I mean, when I was a kid, I used to love Roy Rogers. For some reason, the Disney Channel was different when I was a kid. 
and they showed all the old westerns, and I would watch Roy Rogers every day. And I was in love with Trigger. Um, I wanted to be a black belt in karate. I did. We had this, uh, we had these karate geese, like I, like I had one, and it was the real deal. I don't know where it came from, but this is right about the time the Karate Kid came out. And so, man, we we dress up. And um, how many of you, show, show how old you are, how many of you have ever done the crane? Beyond, all right, okay. You walk, walk around the house. I'd like to crane some people every once in a while. We all have dreams. You know, dreams are defined as, as a collection of thoughts, struggles, emotions, events, people, places, and symbols that are relevant to the dreamer in some way. Talk about some dreams we've all had. I'm not sure I can say this in church, but it's, it's real. Have you ever had that dream that you were somewhere and you, you were naked? This side of the room is real with me. This side of the room was, this side of the room was like, you can't say that. I might, look, it, it's a real thing. The most common dreams are your teeth falling out. You had that one? I've had that one. Being chased, unable to find a toilet, being naked, Failing exams, flying, falling. You ever had to, like you're falling in your dream and then bang, you hit it and you wake up and man, it feels real. Like this is the real deal. Uh, it's, dreams can be, oh man, they can be something. Uh, crashing a car, I've had all these. I had that uh, last week, I was riding somewhere with Philip, Philip Williams. We were on the way back from Baton Rouge. I dreamed several times that we crashed a car and uh, I, was, I was living it right then and there. Yeah, if you've ever ridden with Philip Williams, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, we all have dreams. How about God-given dreams? The good ones, the God-given dreams. I don't think there's a person here today, if you were here when you started with Oaks Church or if, you're, if you've come along during the, during the process, you understood the dream that we had, the dream of the church that we wanted to be. But, but can I tell you today that the dream hasn't changed? It's not any different. God still saves. He still heals. He still restores. He still renews. He still sets the captive free. He still binds up the wounds of the brokenhearted. It's who he is. God is still God. Today, today feels tough. This season feels tough. But God is still God. He's never changed. You can really sum up Oaks Church with these four principles. And they have them. And I want you to read them. Because I want you to see them. I don't want you to just hear them. I want you to see them. And it's... Oaks Church is reach, and it's worship, it's disciple, and it's serve. We have to reach out. I've already talked about that, of what we'll continue to do. We have to, we have to worship because we worship God to honor him for what he's done in our lives, for what he's doing. You have to, you have to disciple. One, one of the biggest regrets over all my years is not being discipled enough. Like, you can never learn too much. This, I'm going to skim over Joseph's life today, but there's, I mean, we could spend three months talking about Joseph and the applications that are there. Discipleship is important, and you have to serve. If you're a Christian, you have to. You have to give to something that is bigger than you. You know, you have to, you have to move a chair every once in a while. You have to pray with someone every once in a while. You, you have to serve because we believe that it's, it's bigger than Chad. It's bigger than just you. Joseph might be one of the most infamous dreamers in the Bible. Can you imagine Joseph telling his brothers that, hey, you guys are going to bow down to me? You know, I had this dream. It makes it sound all beautiful. 
It's like, guys, you'll never believe that there were 11 stars and a sun and a moon and you guys are bowing down to me. Isn't that cool? And they're like, no. No, it's not cool. Matter of fact, it's so uncool, we're gonna throw you in the ground. Joseph's life started with favor. He's his dad's favorite kid. We all know about the amazing Technicolor coat and how each one of those colors, it wasn't just Joseph's dad, but the coat, the coat actually represents all the favor of God, all of it, all of his divine grace, all of his power, all of his love, all the gifts and fruits of the spirit, everything. This guy is wearing a representation of the total blessing of God. Man, and, and when you read that, when I look at that definition of that, man, I'm envious. Now I'm envious of Joseph, and I want to throw him in the pit. Like, how do you get this blessing? He had a few bumps along the way. We know that Joseph's life wasn't perfect. This particular story says he was 17 years old. First thing I'm thinking is, why wasn't he in the field with his brothers tending to sheep? So in my mind, this is his dad's favorite kid. Dad doesn't make him cut the grass. You know what I'm talking about? Um... Dad doesn't make him pick up his clothes off the floor. Dad doesn't make him clean up his room. Like, this is why Joseph's brothers don't like him. And, and you know, if, you've, if you ever, like, favor ain't fair, one of those kind of things. And uh, you can imagine if you've ever had a sibling. Like, let me tell you what my mom used to do to me. When you talk about being aggravated with your brothers and sisters. When I would get grounded, which was often, I know that's hard to believe, guys. Uh, we had a three-wheeler. My mom would make me watch them ride the three-wheeler. I had to go outside and watch them have a good time. While I sat there on our little deck, just most of the time with my face telling how I felt, but you know, my hand under my chin, just sit there like for hours and just watch them listen to that thing. And I'm, oh man, I was dreaming of getting on a boat to China and uh, so this ain't fair. We've had siblings, maybe, maybe it's just me, I don't know. But uh, I have my fair share. It was always God's plan for Joseph to lead his family, to take them from famine to plenty. The very people that tried to take his life, the people that threw him in a pit, it was God's plan to use him to save his family. Your dream today may be honorable. Your dream could be from God but that doesn't mean everybody loves it. That might even mean that they hate you for it. Man, can I tell you, I've taken some flack over the years uh, playing music. Whew. Lord, it's a miracle I go to church, yo. I can remember, uh, I remember this one guy. Man, he's, he told me, he was an old man. And, he's, and I mean, he was really, he was really old, like Abraham old. And uh, he would tell me, he said, it's not, that I, it's not that you can't play the piano, it's that I don't like the way you play the piano. <laughs> that, and that was after rehearsal, right before church started. And uh, I'm like, man, God bless you. That's not what I said. I'm not going to lie to you. That's not what I said. That was younger, Chad. Chad. God's done a lot in my life, guys. He's done a lot. I can look at you now and say, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'll try to do better and not mean any of it. Um, I didn't do that when I was younger. I think about a guy, when I was getting this ready, I thought about a guy that I haven't seen in years. This guy was an IT guy. He was a, a computer guru, right? He would fix your broken computers, and, but he was also a pilot. He could fly. And uh, Brother Chuck, 
can fly. If you need to go somewhere, he can hook you up. Uh, you buy him a plane and he will take you wherever you want to go. That's what he told me the other day. Hey, just buy the plane. I can fly you. Um, this guy was a little older than me and he, he worked for this, this company. It was a small company, really probably him and maybe two other guys. But he had a dream to, to, to own a plane and to take missions trips like at a fraction of the cost. Like, like just, just get us there. It's not really a money-making thing. It was, it was a ministry. He also wanted to, on the side, to sell these jets, sell planes to ministries or, or whoever wanted them. And, you know, the day that he hijacked my life and spent me like 30, 45 minutes telling me this story, I was like, because here's what I saw. I see a guy working at an IT company in Winsboro, Louisiana, which, you know, Winsboro. And um, I'm like, you're going you're gonna to sell planes, like big planes, take a lot of people, and jets. And, man, I was thinking, because my attention span is this long, I'm like, dude, I will never get those 30 minutes back. I did not share in his dream. I did, I'm like, there's no way this guy can do this. There's no way you can, you're going to buy airplanes. And There's no way. Um, I only saw where he was. I didn't, I didn't see where he would be. Um, I saw an IT guy. I, I saw a guy that worked for a small company. You know, it even, even, you know, wasn't like a CenturyLink um, when CenturyLink was good. Um, my friend Jonathan back there, he knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> you fast forward 12, 15 years, and he moved away. I hadn't seen him in forever. And I kiss your foot. I'm reading Charisma Magazine, which I do, and because uh, they email me, give me all the good stories. And I'm, I'm, this has been probably four or five years ago. I'm ministry, missions trips, airplane, fraction of the cost. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I click on it. It's this guy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This guy, like he bought a plane. He's taking people on missions trips. And this isn't like Monroe Westerner. He's moved off. And I, I didn't see that when I saw him. Well, last probably two or three weeks ago, that story is four or five years old. Last two or three weeks, I was on Instagram. I follow a guy, pastors in Pennsylvania, and he's just started a church in Fort Worth, you know, like this. And he is touring his jet, and that caught my attention because this jet was sweet. And it was like eight or ten seats. Man, the leather in it's real nice. And I'm, I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's good living. Nobody's ever... Not, not only do I not have a jet, I've never flown in a personal jet. I'm not even sure I've seen one on the airstrip. So it's all in pictures and TV. And he's touring this jet. This is the ministry he's done this. We're going to be able to fly all around the country, all around the world. And then he drops the dude's name. He says, thank you for, for, buying this, for finding this jet for us. And all I'm thinking is this guy's dream has come true. What he dreamed, what was his God dream, what the Lord gave him, it's come true. Um, and I really, what I have now, that's really my setup. And I got five things I'm going to share with you, but they're going to be quick. Don't be scared of that. I had 17. I broke it down to five. So I know. God, you know, when preachers say stuff like that, you're like, he's going to give us all 17. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you the first thing this morning. God usually brings us to a place where we need to depend on him. As we move towards the fulfillment of our dream, God will teach us to depend more on him than anything else. He will draw away the things that we tend to rely on. Man, I hate this word. I'm going to be honest with y'all. 
because, and have you ever heard where somebody be sharing and they're like, this message is for me, I'm just giving it to y'all? I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, I don't like this because I'm gonna have to live out what I'm telling you guys to live out. I just want you to know that we're on the same page this morning. I don't like, I'm not a big fan of when, when, the, when the platform comes at you like this. I'm more of a fan of when we come at you like this. When I, when I worship from a place of brokenness, when I worship from a place of I need mercy, or, or when a word is being spoken, I, I, I'm all about this right here. I don't think any of us have it all figured out. Listen, whether it's people, or whether it's our job, or it's, it's our money, uh, it's our luxuries, you know? It's like, oh, Lord, I'll do anything for you, but don't make me give up Hulu um, because I have to have HGTV and Magnolia Network, guys, double blessing, double portion. Listen, it, chances are if we depend too much on anything, and right, I can tell you when I wrote this down, I'm like, what, what did you just write? Don't, don't write that down because I have things that are coming to my mind that I depend on too much that I've gotten comfortable with. And I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about anything that's questionable. It's just I've gotten comfortable. And the things that make me comfortable, the Lord says, I, I think we can take that away for a little while. It's not to deprive us, but it's to make us understand that all is not founded, all that is not founded in God is shifting sand. You know, when I was a kid, Matthew 7, 24, 27, talks about building your house on a firm foundation, don't build on the sand. We used to sing the kid the song when I was a kid, and if, if you know it, man, feel free to sing with me. But it was, uh, you know, don't build your house on a sandy land. So, okay, y'all didn't do that at your church. Okay. Well, we did it at my church, and it was, don't build it too near the shore. Well, it might look mighty nice, but you'll have to build it twice. You'll have to build your house once more. Y'all didn't sing songs like that in church? Man, we're gonna change where y'all go to church. Uh, y'all can thank, uh, some of y'all know Miss Diane Hobson. Y'all can thank her for that. That's her contribution uh, for today's sermon because I'm sure she taught me that, little, that song in children's church. In Joseph's case, this is a prime example that he was taken away from his family. He's taken away from his country. He's taken away from everything that he knows and the only thing he has left is his hope in God. And can we be honest this morning? And when I tell you all I've got today is hope in God, when, if I'm in prison, I don't know a soul, I'm in a different country, and all I tell you is all I got is hope in God, I don't know if I passed that test. I'm just being real. I, I don't know. I would love to think that I would, I, but I don't know. I don't know if I can only make it. That's what today's about. That's why we're talking about it. I don't know if it's enough. When God is all we have, we should be encouraged because we have everything we need. Matthew 7 11 says, if you then, though you are evil, that's me and you, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, well, how much more will our Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, it's telling us that he's everything we need. It's reassuring us. You know, there's a common theme in Joseph's life, and it's if you look at it, if you look at it, just, just study the scripture a little bit. The common theme is always the Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39, 2, the Lord was with Joseph. 39, 5, the Lord blessed his household. 39, 21, while Joseph was in prison, the Lord was with him. Uh, 39, 23, the warden paid no attention to anything in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him. So I'm telling you this morning that he had a God-given dream. He was ordained to be who he was. He was ordained to do what he did, and he was in prison. Sometimes 
doing the right thing doesn't always put you in the right place. Um, he had to fight for it. He had to bleed for it. Um, he was placed in prison for it. When Joseph was at his lowest, the Lord was with him. Can I tell you this morning, no matter how you feel in this place, whether it's about the change in the direction of the church or the, the, the change in leadership or whether it's something you're going through outside of this place. Because when you leave, church is good. Man, we come in here, we worship, we pump you up. God is good, he's faithful. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, man. You guys have a great week. And then by the time you get to your car, you remember what you forgot about when you're sitting in church. And if we're true, you have, this one, this word is so important. The word, the, the, the things that the Bible teaches is so important because the, the song won't always sustain you. The message won't always sustain you. But this message inside of this iPad, these 27 Bibles I got right here, they sustain me. They don't change. It doesn't change. Number second thing, God will give us grace wherever we are. As Joseph worked as a slave day in and day out, month after month, year after year, he wondered if he'd ever see his family again, let alone the fulfillment of God's promise. If you're honest this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you maybe have a promise and you haven't seen it yet? You, you, you haven't seen it come to pass. You don't understand how it could come to pass. There's no way that that dream ever comes true because of where I'm at today. It's in those moments that we've got to have that little thing called grace. You have to have it. You can't make it without it. And this grace is the one that carries us beyond what we can do on our own. It's, it's those little bits of encouragement that God gives us daily in many different ways. You know, just when you are considering giving up, which for me is at least 36 times a day, uh, I told y'all I was going to be real. So, yeah, I hope you can, I hope it's okay. The Lord will speak to us through his word. Someone shows us appreciation, like it comes out of nowhere. Uh, and it, it kind of gives you the strength you need to go on. Some of you will use Facebook for good and not evil. Oh, oh, see, I told, that's not in my notes. I told y'all I get messy. Y'all know, now look, y'all got real quiet on that because now you're starting to ask yourself, did I post something and did he see it? Um, I'm just going to, y'all, Facebook, it's, it, man, Lord have mercy. It's going to kill us all. I'm telling you, it's, it's going to kill us all. We, all. we all have a turn on Facebook, I promise you. I've had mine more than once. Um, when you're, it's something how the Lord can use what was meant for evil for good. You know, last week, man, I was having a moment. And uh, usually my moments, when I told y'all, I'd like, whoo, and whoosh, yeah, that's with everything. And so I'm good, and then I'm, hey, this is it. I'm packing my clothes. I'm moving to Brazil. Um, they, they won't know me there. I'm out. And, and last week, I was having one of those moments. And they leave me about as quick as they come. Guys, y'all need to pray for my family. They have to put up with me. And Joni Eichert, or I know where it's Joni Takewell, posted some stuff. And I'm telling you, I was literally, if you, could, if you could have been in my brain, you would, man, I process a lot of stuff all at the same time. I got that thing. And, and the, the things that I was planning, that I was, well, I'll need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And then she posted something, and it rolls up on my screen. And it literally says, chill out. It literally says, be still. And I'm like, oh, man, my stuff was packed. 
my stuff. I was, I was somewhere else. And it's be still. Know that I'm God. I'm not called by surprise. And I'm like, how should it? Well, that, she did it three times. And I'll have to call her and tell her. She did three. She posted three different things. And each time, because I told y'all, I'm up and I'm down. So I was good for about 30 seconds. I'm like, do y'all do this? That wasn't really for me. <laughs> like, that wasn't, that, that word wasn't my word. It wasn't for me. I don't, I don't accept that. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny. Have you ever had your Facebook get stuck? Like you open it, you pass something three days, and then you open it again and, and you see, like, no, this is my timeline from three days ago. That happened too. And it's the same post. I mean, I can't make this stuff up. And it's like, I told you what I told you. And uh, I can be a somewhat of a hardhead. Third thing this morning, obedience does not always produce the expected visible result. Joseph refused to give in to the advances of Potiphar's wife. Because he wouldn't sleep with her, she accused him falsely, and he ends up in prison. So Rachel is Joseph's mom. We already talked about it. Rachel's beautiful. The Bible even tells us that Joseph is a good-looking guy. He could have messed up at any time. He could have done what he what, he, what his flesh told him to do. He could, have, he could have maybe used that to get him in a better position in the palace. He says, no, I'm going to do the right thing. And uh, I think about Rachel. This has always messed with me. The, the whole working for seven years for a wife, and it's always messed with me that, that Rachel, he had to do another seven. You all know the story. And here's what, I, here's what I'd ask you to do this morning. And y'all got to, y'all give me a little bit of feedback. And uh, you it's, it's so quiet in here right now. You're making me nervous. Um, but I, here's, here's what I want you to do. This, this will help you out. All the ladies, if you're married, all the ladies, I want you to look at your husband. And I want you to think, but you worked 14 years for that. <laughs> now, don't, don't say it, but I want you to think. You come to me after church and say, no, I would not. I want you to think about it. Miss Melba, would you do it? <laughs> She said, I might have to think about it. 14 years. That's always messed with me. Oh, that's not in my notes, guys. I'm sorry. Joseph ends up in jail doing the right thing. The lesson that we have here is that sometimes a step closer to your dream can seem like a step backwards. After you've passed a big test, and I mean a spiritual test, and you're like, I'm proud of that. I, I'm, I did good. I did what I'm supposed to do. Let me give y'all one. I, I always laugh. I've done this for years. But I, I'll give you a spiritual test. How many of you, when you shop at Walmart, you take your shopping buggy back to where it goes? Oh, God bless y'all. Now, I'm not going to ask, the ones that do not, I don't, want, I don't raise your hand. But I heard T.D. Jakes say this a long time ago, and it stuck with me. He said, Christians take their shopping carts back to where they go. That has, that has stuck with me all these years. It's been years I heard him say that. So I, I have a thing where I have to take my shopping. I, I can honestly, guys, you, you know, work out your own salvation. But for me, I, every time I do this, the Lord says, what you going to do? I'm taking my, I got this. He says, I, I mean, I'm, I may be like here in a minute, but my, my Lord, I'm putting that shopping cart back. Lord's going to bless me for being obedient. Or oh, this is the one I told him this morning. Get, you go to McDonald's, you get that little piece of paper from your straw. 
How many of y'all just you flick it out your window? Yeah, I don't do that. I used to do that. The Lord, he dealt with me. I was like, no. I, this is my relationship with, with God. Saying, Lord, did you see how I... I did, it this, I did it this morning. Lord, did you see how I put my paper right there in my truck? And I'm going to throw it away when I get home. He said, leave me alone. <laughs> Joseph has no way of knowing that prison would be the passage to his promotion. And in the same way, we may never know how God is going to lead us to his promise. You know, if you read the story of Joseph, and we're not going to go through all of it today, but it was the cupbearer and the baker that he met in prison that got him out of prison, and still it took two years after that. It's, so it's, 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 re it's really, a, if you have to follow Joseph's story, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. It, it's never just, hey, I'm going through a tough time, and the Lord delivers me, and now I'm king. It's, it's, that's not his story. That's not our story. It, to me, Joseph's story resembles ours closer than maybe any other one in the Bible because the truth of the matter is, we, the Bible talks about going from glory to glory, and we all go, maybe I go from, seems like, valley to valley with a little mountain sprinkled in there from time to time. But the mountain doesn't last long. The valley is where we all seem to, at least in my case, we all tend to be there pretty regular. I'm like, oh, yeah, there you are. There's sadness. I missed you, my old friend. I remember you. Grouchiness, I see you. Waking up without a praise. Oh, yeah, I remember you. I saw you, I hadn't seen you in two weeks, but here we are again. And, and that's, that's where we are. But you know, just, it's always the valley where all the mess is, but it's always a valley where it all grows. You know, you've heard that in church before, but, but I have to remind myself, it's always the valley where the fruit trees are. It's always the valley where the, the livestock or the animals are, my, my nutrition, what feeds me, it's there in the valley. It's, there's nothing on the mountaintop, it's just a mountain. I can just see everything. It's good to have a mountaintop experience, but that's not where most of us say. We know that God uses unconventional methods, but we have to trust him, whatever the circumstances. When I look back at my life, I've been able to do that um, and look at different seasons and see what God did in that season. And I didn't understand it when I was in there. One of those for me is, is, is my music. What I do with my music is that I started when I was four, <clears throat> And there was always, a, the way my dad did it was, I'd play, I played a shaker. I started off playing like a, like a Morocco. And uh, behind the church, remember the church had the little modesty rails way back in the day? They would hide the, if, just in case a woman wore a skirt, you, you had to hide all that. And uh, <laughs> I almost just said something. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and say it. So we, sometimes we need to hide some stuff still. All right, moving on. I, thank you. Thank you. I heard you. I, heard, I told y'all, this side of the room is with me today. I'm praying for y'all. We're going to swap seats in a minute. Um, that's right. We still got to hide. I, anyway, I'm messing up. I started on my shaker. Then I began to play a snare drum. Then I began to play. And this is, you know, years. Two, you know, I'd play a shaker for two years. And then i play a snare drum. i played one note on a bass guitar. And uh, I finally, by the time I got to be 10, we got a, a keyboard. Like, like this here, and the, um, I am a little bit of a, of a tech nerd, so between the technology, it, it made me want to play. And, and I can see the acceleration in my life. Now, man, I just went from about four years old to 10 to 12 years old, and then we moved to South Louisiana, and man, we, went, we moved to a church 
close to, is in between Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and man, them guys were good. The, those, those musicians, like I, I have not been around musicians like that. And they taught me things that I never would have learned. Now we had to move where I had been for 10 and a half years to go to somewhere and I learned things. I, I still talk to some of those people today. And, and I, one of those guys, I thanked him not very long ago. I said, dude, do you realize you taught me how to do this? And he's like, no, I didn't do that. And I said, yeah, man, well, you told me how to roll off them black keys and uh, on the organ. I didn't, when I was 12 years old, man, that was like Christmas morning for me. And then we left there and the Lord stretched me and we went to the next place, which was not a fun place. After I left there, it was not a fun season. And then, but it was actually in that season where I led worship. I played music since I was four. I didn't lead worship until I was 18. I just didn't want to. It wasn't my thing. And we, we were somewhere at a youth rally, and, and the room was, it was full. And for some reason, they didn't have anybody that could sing. And it's like, he can do it. And I'm like, oh, sure, man, let's do it. That was the first time. And, and the rest, here we are. And the, the opportunity presented itself. But really what I want you to understand is no matter where I was, is that it was, something was always going on. Something was always moving. Nothing was in vain. No season was in vain. God used it all. Fourth thing this morning, perseverance over time will bring your dream to fulfillment. You know, I couldn't give up on that dream. I couldn't give up, man. For me, music is, is it, it's the ability to be able to express how I feel to the Lord. Man, if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling sad and I'm feeling like I got to fight, it, it's a different expression. So, I mean, I'm, I'm thankful for, to be able to do that. You know, Joseph was around 17 years old when God gives him this dream, but he was 30 years old before he became the governor of Egypt. That's a long time. At that point, that's almost half of his life. There's going to be obstacles that we face, but the biggest test is time. Man, I wish I wouldn't have wrote that. I'm telling you, because as soon as I wrote it, I'm like, oh. I, there, it applies to me personally in so many ways. And I'm like, man, you can't, you can't say that because you haven't, you haven't beat that. And so today I'm saying it in faith. We're all going, we're going to work on all this together. And I want you to know it's, it's not too late. You haven't gone too far. I know you, you, you think this isn't going to work out. Let me, let me tell you something. When we, left, when we left from South Louisiana the first time, the second time I couldn't leave fast enough. The first time, oh, I still, Casey will tell you, I still drive through there. If, if I'm anywhere near there, I drive through that town because I didn't want to leave. I did not. And I still, my Lord, I've been going a long time, a long time. And I still, I try, I'll tell you this. The church that dad pastored went through a lot of very interesting things. And uh, I can't even tell you it from the pulpit. It's wild, wild story. And shut down. I mean, almost to the point where I asked Casey, I said, hey, what would you think about the church is closed? I'm pretty sure I can get it because I know who's got it. What if we went back? And of course, she said no. It wasn't a, let me pray about it. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. I said, look, the, those people that I went to high school with need Jesus. I can save them all. So I, I did not. They got a great church in that building now. That would have been out of the will of God. Um, but man, you talk about not wanting to let go of a season. I still struggle with it. We, we, we ate there. not very Last year, we, went, we drove through there, and I still was dreaming of, of being back in that season. 
I'm telling you, the mind has a crazy way of working. This morning, I want you to know you have what it takes to make it through that time because he is everything. He meets every need. The last thing I want to share with you is he always sees the bigger picture. This is the tough one, I think. For every fulfilled dream, there's always a bigger picture. In Joseph's case, God used him to preserve Jacob's family who would become Israel. Follow that story in your Bible. He was going to use Israel to reveal himself to the nations of the world through the scriptures, but more importantly, to bring salvation to the world through his son, Jesus. Joseph understood a a bit of the picture, but like Joseph, we only understand bits and pieces. See, I only understood when I left Sterlington what I had learned in Sterlington. I only understood when we left Hammond what I had learned in Hammond. I only understood when we came back to West Monroe what I would learn at a youth rally three years later. And it's, it's all, I see this much, and now maybe see this much, then I see this much. I can't see this. I can't. But if I'm not faithful in this, I'm never getting to that. And man, that's frustrating. That's frustrating. If I knew that, hey, I'm going to end up here, well, yeah, I'll walk this road. But I don't need God to do that. That's Chad. That's all Chad doing that on his own. I want you to consider this. If you consider letting go of your dreams, if you're in that spot this morning where it would be easier to just give up, and oh man, I'm there sometimes, it would just be easier to do something else. There's always a bigger picture. I can't see it yet, but there's always a bigger picture. I've been through some tough times. I look out here, I know some of you guys, I know your stories, you've been through some tough times. Maybe you've had feelings of inadequacy. Maybe you've been isolated. I do that. I withdraw. Lord have mercy. I'm like a bear. I will crawl up in a hole. You will not see me again. Um, You feel abandoned? Have you ever felt like everybody's left you? Feel forgotten, looked over, betrayed? We all have these emotions. But as it was with Joseph... It's the Lord is with you. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. No matter what you face, there's, there's a bigger picture. And, and I'm closing this morning. And I said all that to get to this moment right here. There's a lot in this story we haven't touched. Um, but there's one thing about this story that I can't see that part of the story without seeing this part of the story. Like it, it's just, I, I, can't, I can't separate them. And it was the way that Joseph treated his family. It's what he did afterwards. You know, Jacob sends his boys to buy to Egypt to buy grain because there's a famine in the world. The Bible says there's a famine in the world, not just the land, but in the world. And I have to imagine that Joseph, although he thinks about his family, can you imagine one day you're sitting there because, because at this point, Joseph's job was to sell grain to who would come they opened it up and we're we're gonna he saw the famine coming and there's a lot of details I'm I'm just not gonna touch he saw the famine coming he stored up he knew what to do the Lord directed him and he's sitting there okay you can have this much you can have this much you can have this much and his father Jacob sends his boys to to Egypt and says hey we're we're desperate so we've got to go we've got to leave, leave Canaan and go to Egypt can you imagine Joseph doing his job 
15 years later, he looks up and he sees the people that did the most damage to him that has ever been done to him in his life. And he's got the power in his hand to, to bless them or to curse them. Can I tell you today, especially in the world of social media, especially in the, the region of Northeast Louisiana, you have the power, you really do. You have the power to bless or curse. This is, this is tough. This is tough for me. I heard Bill Johnson say this the other day and it, it's all over me. They, somebody asked him, says, you, we never really hear you talking bad about people. He says, can you explain that? How, what's your secret? And he, and he, real quiet, he says, well, he says, I'm always afraid of the Jesus in them. If I offend the Jesus that's in them, what does that mean for the Jesus inside of me? And I'm like, oh, I, gotta, I gotta watch it. You know, cause I'm always right. However I feel, I'm always right. I, I mean, I, no way I could be wrong. Joseph looks up and sees his brothers. Now look, if you read the story from me with the story, I think Joseph had a little fun with it. He put some silver in their bags and they get home and they're like, he's giving them a little bit of grain and he's messing with their mind. He puts them in jail for three days. And eventually he gets to the spot where he's done with that. He says, I want to see your father. They still know who he is. I want to see your father. Is he still alive? I want to see him. I want to see my dad. They still don't know yet who Joseph is. And when they bring Jacob, Jacob, he knows. Thought you were dead. I thought you were gone. Joseph moves all of his family, all of them, to Egypt. He gives all of them a farm. The richest farmland that is available to him, he gives it to them. Look, there's, there's, there's 11 brothers. So you talk about brothers, sister-in-law, sheep, camels, Donkeys, this is a big move. Everybody's taken care of. Your dream won't come to pass this morning. Your dream can't come to pass if we can't learn to let a few things go. Joseph did that. Joseph took what was in his hand. He says, I can bless them. I can curse them. But he can't hold on to both at the same time. You, there's, I, can't, I can't bless and curse with the, same, with the same mouth. That's not how it works. I can't bless with this hand and curse in this hand. No, I'm either, I either am in or I'm out. And this morning, if I'm going to hold on to something, I'm going to hold on to hope. It's more important. I can tell you, being younger and being a little spicier, it was, it was important, if I'm being real honest, it was a very important for me to, for that Abraham guy that was telling me I couldn't play the piano to say, well, you know, I think you walk funny. You know, I, I think your breath stinks. It, I, I did not, I would not let people get over on me. I just, Lord have mercy. We've come a long ways, guys. I'm telling you, I just wouldn't do it. It was, it was a thing with me. And, and I can, I can tell you why I was that way. But what's more important is that I tell you today that I don't want to offend the Jesus inside of them. I don't want to offend the Holy Spirit that dwells in them. It's in there. I know some people are knuckleheads, but there's a Holy Spirit in them. 
There's Jesus in them. Because most of the time what we do is we kill each other. The devil don't have to do nothing. We blame it on the devil. The devil's sleeping because we all crazy and we're killing each other. Joseph is going from the pit to the jail, to the palace, to the jail again, and then back to the palace. All for God to eventually deliver the nation of Israel to show his faithfulness. This morning, would we be here if Joseph hadn't let it go? That's how connected it is. When I say there's a bigger picture, if Joseph brings Israel, brings Jacob, who is now Israel, who becomes the nation of Israel, to Egypt, the Lord delivers Israel, the nation from Egypt, to show his faithfulness, to establish a lineage, which then produces what we know as a savior, Jesus Christ, who dies on the cross to set us free, that we now can walk in liberty. I mean, I just, in about 15 seconds, just gave you 5,000 years. That easy. And I can pinpoint it all back to Joseph letting it go. Let his offense go. I'm asking us this morning, I'm asking us to be Joseph. And here's where I, I have to be honest. The last, the last month or two has been crazy. I have, y'all, y'all don't know, I have been chewed out more times. Um, and I'm like, why are you chewing me out? I, I have been confronted. Um, and I want to tell you this, it's, it's from a place of pain. It's, it, I know, I, don't, I, I can stand here, I can, I can tell you, I can promise you, I don't hold anything against anybody. Even if they called and chewed me out, it's okay. Even if they sent me, I got some ugly text messages, it's okay. It's okay. I, I don't hold it against you. I'm not going to run from you if I see you at walk-ons. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm past that. I did that 10 or 15 years ago, and I, I can't do it anymore. It's exhausting. I just won't do that. I'm asking us this morning. I think I could probably have a reason, and it's been this way for years, that I could probably justify my anger, justify my frustration. And, and I got to tell you this morning, and we're usually more generic than this, but I'm talking about the last two or three months. We, we could probably be justified in responding a certain kind of a way. Letting it go. I got to let it go. I don't need to tell anybody anything. I don't need to correct anybody. I just need to love people. It's important for me that when I take my little straw paper and I put it inside my little truck handle right there, which I did, I got one from this morning, or if I put my, my shopping cart back, just as much as I want the Lord to see how good of a boy I'm being, it's, it's that much more important today than when I leave this place. When I leave here, I'm not engaging anybody in any kind of a way except love and mercy. I want to ask you to dream again. Don't let, don't let this dream die. It's important what we do up here with worship, what we do here with word, what we do with outreach. It's, it's important. It's, it's not that there's not other churches in this town that aren't doing a thing for God. It's that that's what God called us to do. It's what God called us to be. This morning, the story's not over. There's a bigger picture.
And, and I, I want to end. Usually we have this, and I love this. I love ending hot. It's my thing. I love, love cheering you guys and be like, oh, kick the devil's rear and just get out of here. And the Lord bless you. You guys, God bless you. I love you. Ooh. We end that way, and I love that. Um, but today I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I want to do something different. I'm going to ask that our trustees and their families come and just come around the front. And when they get here, the ones that are here, that uh, once they get here, I want to ask that all of our staff that we have now come to the front. And, and Jared, I didn't warn you about this, but I want you guys just stick it on a wide shot. I don't, you know, we're probably not going to look like Lakewood today, but that's okay. I'll take the heat, man. People got my number now. They don't, they ain't scared to text me. <laughs> they ain't scared. I want all the staff, and, and what I mean, just let it roll. You guys come on here. I want Jared and Kaylee, um, you guys to come. The next, I want all of our leaders to come. And by leaders, I mean our serve team. Look, can I tell you something this morning? Let me tell you how the Lord works. When I, we got here, we're supposed to get here at 730, but we always get here a few minutes early. We got here, at, I got here at 715, I think. And Chris Fuller, who's the president of Cross Keys Bank, he knows we're in a bind. And he brought three guys with him to help us get this building ready. He's not here right now. He went to his church. He doesn't go to church here. He brought three guys with him, and they helped us get this building ready. Which man convicted my socks off, by the way. And I don't, I don't even think he's Pentecostal. <laughs> and, and, and the Lord's still using him. God bless him. Um, so I want our leaders to come. Now, that could mean prayer leaders. It's, it's serve teams, really what I'm after. Prayer team. We got a coffee team. We got a golf cart team. We've got a peppermint team. I mean, we really do. We have a, our, our van route. We got load in, load out. We've got, we got our medical team. If you die, we got you. We bring you back. We got greeters. We got ushers. We got security. We've got, um, man, what else we got? Audio, video. It's all right. Brian, y'all can let, just let it wide shot. Man, Brian Thorne, let me tell you about the people we got at Oaks Church. Brian Thorne's son is in Houston, Texas this morning. He's just had surgery uh, because he has suffered with cancer the last... I guess 10 years. But Brian Thorne is there. His wife, Miss Tony, if you don't know Miss Tony, if you're having a bad day, just call her. And all she really has to do is just read the phone book. She got something on her that she'll, she'll make you feel better. And uh, if you don't know Miss Tony, you need to. And uh, let her adopt you and just talk to you when, when you're having that bad day. Uh, have I left anybody, anybody out that, that serves at Oaks Church? We've got, I see Mr. David Fox. Mr. David Fox is helping us on our building committee. You know, right? Would you come? Would you and your wife go? I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm, what I want to show you this morning is that we're not alone. We're not alone. I want to, uh, this, this right here, this isn't everybody. We've, we've got, oh man, probably 20, oh yeah, we've got, uh, oh, Miss Tina's over there. You come with us? Look, don't mess with her. She, she, can, she can pray for you and beat you in the ground all at the same time. That's my, that's my kind of people. 
Um, sometimes you got to hit somebody with the Holy Ghost. Um, I want to show you this morning that that this is this is what we have here today. There's more. Bobby's hiding in the back. Why are you not down there, Bobby? It is. It is. It is. Our worship team's not here. I want uh, any of the serve team. Jonathan, you guys. I, I didn't make y'all come back up here. And here's what here's what I am going to ask you to do. Here's what I am going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to pray for this side. We're committed to to being here for you guys. We're committed to seeing the vision fulfilled, and we're also committed to letting anything that keeps us from fulfilling that letting it go. I, I won't let that take me down. Something might take me out. I might get sick. I might get a disease. I'm, I mean, something may happen. But I'm not going to let a fence take me down. I'm, I'm, I want to see the bigger picture. I want to see what God will do. I want to see him do the thing that only he can do. So why don't we do this? Why don't we, we're going to close. Everybody just stand up this morning. First off, thank you all for being here. Thank you for being here on this day. And if I'm telling you the truth, I, I haven't slept since Wednesday. I, I've never, I haven't slept more than two hours at a time because I didn't think anybody'd show up. And this morning, Chris Fuller, he, when we got here, everything was already out. And I got here at 7.15, everything was already out. And I'm like, dude, what did y'all do? And uh, it just, the Lord's gonna be with us. The Lord's, he's gonna be with, he's gonna be with you. And this, whatever's happen, happening in heaven, it's happening in the earth. And this is a representation of, of, to, of unity. This is a representation of, we, we've still got the work to do this, and we have the work waiting on us to be done. So let's pray this morning. I don't want to just lead a prayer. I want you guys, I want you to let them hear your voice. I want you to pray for our future, that God will help us accomplish the vision. If you have something, if it's okay, if you've got something inside that you need to let go. Some of you, look, I, I could tell you a lot of stories up here this morning of, of things that have happened in the last couple of weeks of, of people getting upset and people just not understanding and, and I, I could do that, but it's, it's not about that this morning. It's about, hey, it's okay. I love you. It's, I'm not holding anything against you. We're letting it go. And we're gonna, uh, let's pray this morning. Would you guys? Just, just right now. I'm going to start, but I'm going to back off, and I want you to I want to hear your voices. Father, Lord, I thank you for this group of people. Father, I thank you because it's not just about one person. Father, it's not just about one, one staff. Lord, it's, it's about your goodness. It's about your mercy. It's about the vision that you've instilled in our heart. It's about what you've called us to do. It's about who you've called us to be. Father, today I pray for a special visitation in our lives from the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray that, that you know, as we're, as, as easily as it is as putting a shopping cart up, that, Father, it should be just that easy to forgive. It should be just that easy to let go. And, Father, that's probably not a lesson. It's easier said than done. But, Father, lead us. Father, lead me to a place that is higher than I. Father, lead me to a place... If, if this is what it took for me to be totally dependent on you, then, Father, let me be totally dependent on you. Father, my hope is in you. You've been my peace. You've been my joy. 
Father, you've, you've been my strength when I was weak. Lord, when I couldn't make it, Father, you somehow made a way. Father, I'm reminded, Lord, you, you've never left me. Father, it didn't matter if, if I left a job. It didn't matter if, if, I, if I transitioned from a church. Father, you always made a way. Father, I have never gone without a paycheck. Lord, I've never gone without what I needed to accomplish ministry. Father, you have always guided. You have always directed. You have always been there. And Father, this morning, I give you glory for that. I want to testify that that's who you are. But Lord, I want to testify that you're going to do the same thing for us here in this place, here in this building. Father, we're going to continue to pray and see lives changed. But Father, you're going to continue to bring people. Father, we're going to continue to baptize because we want to see lives transformed. Father, we're going to continue to disciple because we want to know you greater. We want to know you deeper. And Father, we're going to serve this region. Father, this region needs you now more than ever. Lord, I don't know if there's a more pivotal time, Lord, than this right here, right now. Father, this area needs a move of God. So, Father, what we do, we pray for Oaks Church. But, Lord, we pray for Christ Church. Lord, we pray for First West. Lord, we pray, Lord, for the churches that I, I don't know the names. But, Lord, I pray this morning that if you're going to pour out your spirit, you pour it out everywhere. Father, we, we're not going to be stingy with your grace. We're not going to be stingy, Lord, with your favor. Lord, bless Northeast Louisiana. <laughs> Father, we need you. You've given, us a, you've given us a job. You've given us work to do. And Father, I thank you this morning for this group that was here today. Father, may I fall in line. May I forgive more than I've ever forgiven. Lord, may I serve more than I've ever served. Lord, may I be more than I've ever been for you. That's my prayer for my life today, Father. And we ask it this morning in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.